Welcome to the City Reach Baptist Podcast. If you would like more information about the life of our church, please go to our website at cityreach.com.au or like us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. You know, over the past week, if you've been watching the news, you probably would have noticed that there are protests going on uh, concerning Hong Kong. Hong Kong was obviously a colony of Britain, and then it was handed over to China in 1997. However, the agreement was, was that Hong Kong could still be able to maintain separate governing and economic structures or systems. But with a recent proposed change by China in the extradition laws, now um, the people of Hong Kong are feeling very threatened. They feel like their political freedom is under threat, like that they are going to be oppressed. And so that's why they're rising up in protest. Now, while political freedom is worth striving after, the freedom that Jesus speaks about in this passage is not political freedom. It's actually a deeper freedom, a freedom in your soul, a freedom from sin, a freedom from your driving passions and desires. You see, we all know of great people who have done great things politically, and yet in their private lives, in their hearts, they're still enslaved, and enslaved to power, enslaved to their reputations, enslaved to their own ego. So how do you get this true, deeper type of freedom that Jesus is speaking of here? Whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. How do you go from bondage to freedom? How do you get this true type of freedom? You know, I wonder as you came in today, are you truly free? Are you free or are you in bondage? Are you in bondage to some sort of habit or some sort of sinful thing that no one knows about? Maybe you're in bondage to some sort of uh, slave to some sort of passion or some sort of desire or some, something that, that no one knows about. So how do you go from bondage to freedom? Well, that's what Jesus is speaking about in, in the passage that we're going to be studying today. And Jesus, as we remember from last week, uh, Jesus had been having this difficult conversation with people. And the Pharisees, it says in verse 31, verse 30, that many of them believed in what he was saying. But then in verse 31, Jesus gets these apparent believers aside, and he's now going to speak to them about what true freedom is and how they can be truly free. So if we want to go from bondage to freedom, the first thing that Jesus says, if you, if you really want to go from bondage to freedom, the first thing that Jesus says that you need to do is you need to abide in his word. Look down in verse 31. It says, so Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide. Why don't you circle that word in your Bible, abide. That is a key word in John that John uses. It means to remain in, to dwell in, to make your home in. What Jesus is saying here is you need to take my word into the core of your being and you need to, your whole life needs to revolve around my word. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, Jesus is not adding works here to the gospel. He's not saying that in order to become a Christian, you need to do some type of work. No, to become a Christian, it's really simple. You recognize that you're a sinner, and you turn to Jesus, and you just ask him to forgive you, and you put your faith in what he has done on the cross for you. No, Jesus isn't adding works to the gospel, but what he's saying is that true disciples of Jesus 
They remain in his word. They abide in his word. You know, um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the evangelical world was absolutely rocked by an announcement made by a man called Joshua Harris. Uh, Joshua Harris was a popular author who wrote in the 1990s. He wrote Christian books. He wrote this book called I Kissed Dating Goodbye. It was, a, it was a popular book for Christian young adults, giving them you know, instruction on how they could conduct their dating life. Uh, Joshua Harris then became a megachurch pastor in the United States, and he was very, very influential. And so it came as a huge shock when two weeks ago on Twitter, Joshua Harris first announced that he was divorcing his wife, and then he announced that he was no longer a Christian. Now, this shocked many people because how could someone who'd written such great books and who'd been a pastor and who had been so influential, how could they turn away? Well, Jesus would say, you know, that you will get that because even though you might believe in him, the mark or the evidence that you're truly his disciple is if you remain in his word, if you abide in his word. Now, why is abiding in the word of Jesus why does that lead to freedom? How does that lead you from going from bondage to freedom? Well, Jesus tells us in verse 32, if you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, as our brother just said, he just said, you know, this is a very popular, popular phrase. And even if you don't go to church often, you've probably heard this phrase used before because, and it's, because it's gone a bit viral, hasn't it? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the reason why this phrase is so popular is because we all know that there is a connection, there is an intrinsic connection between truth and freedom. We all know that when truth comes into a situation or when truth comes into a relationship, it will lead to freedom. You know, a number of years ago, I watched a movie called The Hurricane. It's the story of Reuben Hurricane Carter. He was a boxer from the 1960s, and in 1966, he was, um, he was charged with three homicides. He was charged with having killed three men, and he was sentenced to three uh, life sentences in prison. Now, he served 20 years in prison. The only thing was, is he didn't actually commit the crimes. It was just a big lie. It wasn't true. And eventually, his lawyers, they actually investigated the case again and they went through all the evidence and they found out the truth, that he had actually been framed. He'd been framed by the police. And so when the truth come, came, the truth set him free. You see, we all know that when the truth comes into a situation or when it comes into a relationship, the truth will lead to freedom. Now this past uh, week, my wife Tegan, she's uh, been away in Bali of all places. Uh, what Tegan does is with each one of our girls, we have five daughters, um, she'll take them on this daughter, um, uh, mother-daughter trip, at least that's what she tells me, a mother-daughter trip when they turn 16 to Bali. And uh, so Tegan's been in Bali for the last week, and so I've just been at home looking after the kids, the rest of the kids, the rest of the family by myself. And um, I was driving her car out of, I was backing it out of our garage, and I smashed her her, her, her side mirror, just completely smashed the side mirror. And uh, now, what makes it worse is I've actually done this a number of times, all right? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a new thing. I've actually done this a few times. And um, 
And so I sort of got out of the car and the mirror is like, the side mirror was okay, but the inside mirror was just hanging down. It's just hanging by a thread down. And so I got it and I sort of pressed it in, back in, and it's sort of is, it's, it's still intact. It's, it's sitting there. And I thought, man, I could just, you know, not say anything. And then, you know, she'll be driving along one day and she, it'll pop out and she'll think, oh, the mirror's gone bung. But I thought, no, the truth will set me free. <laughs> and so yesterday when she was, when she was back after, and still glowing about her Bali trip, the first thing out of my, my mouth was, I said, how was your trip? She said, good, thank you so much for sacrificing so much for us to go. I said, oh yeah, and by the way, I smashed your mirror. <laughs> So there is this relationship between truth and freedom. And you see, the reason why we need to abide in the word of Jesus is because any sin or any temptation, or if you're trapped in some sort of unhealthy situation, often it's because you're trapped in a lie. Behind sin and temptation is a lie that you've believed. You see, the Bible teaches that not only does God speak the truth, but the enemy of God, Satan, is also speaking, but he speaks lies. Look in verse 44. Jesus says this. He says about the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning, and he doesn't stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You see, if you really want to go from bondage to freedom, then you need to actually be living out of a place of the truth because the enemy of your soul will be seeking to get you to believe lies and if he can get you to believe lies, he will control you. And that's why we need to abide in the word of Jesus because by abiding in his word, we will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Uh, let me just see if I can just surface some of the lies of the enemy right here this morning. Lie number one that many of you might be believing right now is, I can never change. Many people have that going through their minds that they'll never be able to change. They'll never be able to live in freedom. Jesus says, if the Son sets you free, you are what? Free indeed. That's not true. Lie number two, Sin is inevitable. When you come into temptation, Satan will lie to you and he will say, just as you've tripped up every time before, you will trip up again. But that's not true. God's word says, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. And when you are tempted, he will provide a way of escape. Or lie number three, sin is better than obedience. Satan will come to you and he will say, this sin will give you more pleasure than serving and obeying God. But Jesus says in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and what? Life abundant. Serving Jesus is the best life that you could possibly have. So if you want to go from bondage to freedom, you need to abide in his word. You know, um, in 2000, this movie came out called The Matrix. You may have seen it. Uh, the Matrix is the story of this guy called Thomas Anderson, who by day, he's just a office worker. By night, he is the computer hacker known as uh, uh, Neo. Yes, forgot for a second, Neo. 
And uh, all throughout his life, he just has this feeling that like he's in bondage, that, there's, that, there's, that he's enslaved. Well, you'll remember if you've seen the movie that he, interestingly, he follows this woman named Trinity and she leads him to this guy called Morpheus. And you remember the scene where they sit down and Morpheus has two pills in his hand, a, a blue pill and a red pill. And Morpheus says to Neo, if you take the blue pill, you'll just wake up tomorrow and it'll all be a bad dream. But if you take the red pill, you'll go further down the rabbit hole and what I'm offering you is the truth. And Neo takes the red pill and he wakes up and he realizes that the matrix is just a fabrication, that the life that he'd been living was all a big lie and he was actually a battery plugged into a machine and actually being controlled and enslaved by the machines. You see, Jesus came and he came to show us that there is an enemy, an enemy of our souls who is seeking to lie to us and control us and use us. And he wants to wake us up to the freedom that God has for us. But this only happens, going from bondage to freedom, only happens by abiding in his word. Are you abiding in the word of Jesus? Are you daily taking in the word of Jesus into your inner being? Are you renewing your mind by the word of Jesus? Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the seat of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You see, the pathway of transformation is to take God's word into your inner being, meditating on it, having your mind renewed. If you want to go from bondage to freedom, you need to abide in his word. Well, the second thing that Jesus says, if you want to go from bondage to freedom, is not only do you need to abide in his word, but you need to understand or recognize the enslaving power of sin. Verse 33, look down your Bibles. These Pharisees, they answer Jesus and they say, we are the offspring of Abraham and we've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? You know, it's so funny that often the people who least think that they're in bondage are actually religious people. The Pharisees were very religious people, and yet they were so fooled into thinking that they were free. You know, just from a political sense, was it true that they'd never been in bondage to anyone? No. They'd been in bondage to Egypt, they'd been in bondage to the Assyrians, they'd been in bondage to the Babylonians, right when Jesus is speaking to them, they're in bondage to Rome. And yet because of their religious understanding, it was actually blinding them to their true bondage. And so Jesus answers them in verse 34, and it says, Jesus answered them and said, truly, truly, whenever you see two trulys in the Bible, recognize that Jesus is saying, I really mean this. <laughs> I really mean this. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. You see, it doesn't matter how religious you are. If you're practicing sin, you will become enslaved to sin. You know, we often think that our sins, our, our pet sins, we often think that we can just bring them out and we can just play with them and they'll be harmless in our lives. 
But you know, if you have a pet sin that no one knows about, a sinful habit, and you start playing with that sin, and you think you're controlling it, it won't be too long before it turns and it controls you. You know, many years ago, I went to Africa, and while I was in Africa, I went to an African zoo, and uh, while I was there, I am... You know, I went and enjoyed all these different African animals. There was these uh, giraffes. You got to feed the giraffes. You realize when you feed a giraffe, its, um, it's tongue is like sandpaper. Really, really, really interesting. So I was feeding giraffes and doing, there was anteaters there. But also my favorite bit in that African zoo was you got to pat the lion cubs. So they had these small little lion cubs, so cute. They looked like pussycats. Just got to pat them. You know, one was getting a bit feisty, and so the trainer came and took it away and replaced it with another one. It was so beautiful, little, little, little lion cub, little harmless little lion cub. You know, the thing about a lion cub, but, is it doesn't remain a lion cub for very long. If you feed that lion cub, eventually it will become a ferocious predator that may consume you. And the same is true with your pet sins is they don't stay small for very long. If you feed them, if you play with them, eventually they will grow and they will enslave you. And while it seems now like you're mastering over these sins, eventually these sins will grow and they will become your master. You know, I meet so many people who end up over here and they wonder, how did I get over there? Not realizing that all the way along, there were all these little steps that they were taking. You see, if you really want to go from bondage to freedom, then you need to recognize the enslaving power of sin. You need to not play with sin. You need to get serious about your sin and confess your sin and, and, and bring your sin out into the light and make no provision for your sin. And then you need to get accountability for your sin. You see, obvious, oftentimes we are not serious about our sin. We just play with our little sins rather than actually getting serious about sin, bringing it out into the light, confessing it, getting accountability, making no provision in our lives for it. But if you really want to go from bondage to freedom, then you need to realize that you can't play with sin. It will enslave you. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So Jesus has said, if you want to go from bondage to freedom, Firstly, you need to abide in his word. Secondly, you need to recognize the enslaving power of sin. But thirdly, Jesus says that if you want to go from bondage to freedom, you need to embrace your identity as a child of God. Notice down in verse 35, Jesus says, The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free you will be free indeed. Jesus here in this verse is contrasting two members of the Greco-Roman household, the slave and the son. Now, both of them lived in the household, but they had very different relationships to the father. The slave had no rights and no inheritance, whereas the son had the full privileges of being, part, of being a son in the family and had a glorious inheritance. And you see, if you want to go from being in bondage to being in freedom, then you need to embrace your identity as a son. You are no longer a slave. If the son has set you free, you are free indeed, Jesus says. 
You're no longer a slave to sin. You're no longer a slave to your past. You are now a child of God. And if you wanna go from bondage to freedom, then you need to embrace that identity. But also, also, one of the things that's really interesting as we come to this text is not only as Christians do we need to actually repent of sin, but if we want true freedom, my friends, then not only do we need to repent of sin, but we also need to repent often of religion and self-righteousness. You see, as you look at these Pharisees, they were religious and self-righteous. And look down in verse uh, 37. Look in verse 37 in your Bible. It's really interesting. Jesus says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham. That's how they identified themselves. That was their identity. Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. You see, it's so interesting that here's these religious people go to church every week. They give to the poor. They knew the Bible. And yet Jesus says, my word has no place in you. Why is that? It's because their identity was built around their religion. And if you really wanna be free, not only do you need to repent of sin, but you often need to repent of religion, of building your identity around your religion, of, of clinging to your own self-righteousness. You see, the reason I'm saying this is there's probably many people in this room, as I've actually spoken so far about sin, you're probably thinking, there is nothing in my closet. There is no little secret, dark, hidden sin in my closet. There's nothing there. But yet, you may not be living in freedom. You may not be enjoying the joy and the peace of God in your life. And the reason you're not doing that is maybe you started to build your identity around religion, around self-righteousness. On, um, on Fridays, I teach our interns at church through the How to Change course. And on Friday, we, we had a look at what Paul says in Philippians 3. Just turn over your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Paul does some accounting in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, Paul was a very religious person. And he sets up these two columns, the gain column and the loss column. And he talks about whatever was to his gain. Look in verse five, he says, uh, whatever, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Paul, Paul sets it up and says, these are the things that when I look to in my life, to where, where I could get my confidence from, I could get my confidence in life from these places. You know, we all wake up every morning and we ask ourselves the question, where do I get my confidence from in life? Where do I get my confidence to approach life from? And it's so easy to get your confidence from your religion. That's what Paul said. And if anyone has reason to boast, I have more. I have an excellent track record. I have an excellent resume. Look at all the things that are to my gain. But Paul says... I count all things that were to my gain as loss for the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Whatever was to my gain, I move it over to the loss column so that I can know 
Christ. And I asked the interns, I said, guys, let's do some accounting on Pastor Timon. <laughs> What's in the gain column of Pastor Timon? And we came up with some things. Well, I, was, I grew up in a Christian family. That's a real blessing. I, um, I have a theological education. Uh, I have spiritual gifts. Um, I have some ministry fruitfulness. And it's so easy for me to build my identity and gain my confidence in life, get my sense of self-righteousness, get my sense of righteousness from those things. But if I really want to know Christ, if I really want to know Christ, then I need to actually count whatever was for my gain as a loss for the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord and being found in him with a righteousness that does not come from the law, but comes from Christ by faith. And I'm worried for many of you, and I'm worried for myself, because as you're listening to this message, you might be thinking, there is nothing in, there's no, there's no big skeletons in my closet, but you mightn't be experiencing the freedom that Jesus offers. Joy, peace, your Christian life might be one that's very constricted and looks a lot more like slavery than like freedom. And maybe what you need to do is this afternoon go home and, and write out a gain column and a loss column. Write out all the things that are to your gain and say, Lord, I put them into the loss column in light of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. And none of those things, none of those things that are to my gain give an ounce of righteousness or standing before God at all. I stand alone in the perfect righteousness of Jesus, my Lord. You know, my wife, you know, we have hearts where we are prone to wander into legalism and into self-righteousness and into religion. Um, my wife, my precious wife, she said to me, Timon, recently, she said, for the last two years, I've heard you speak a lot about church, and I want you to speak more about Jesus. Because it's about him. It's about him. Whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. Are you in bondage, or are you in freedom? How do you live in freedom? You need to abide in his word. You need to recognize the enslaving power of sin. And you need to embrace your identity as a child of God. You know, the 4th of July, if you've ever been to America, is Independence Day. Uh, a number of years ago, I was in America on the 4th of July, and uh, my friend and I, we went out and we bought a whole heap of fireworks. I don't think that would be legal in Australia, <laughs> but we set them off and had a great time. Uh, he was yelling out, happy birthday, America. <laughs> He's a good Texan guy. It was fun. But uh, the 4th of July, Independence Day, is a celebration when the United States received its own independence, became autonomous. When you become a Christian, that day is not your independence day. It's actually the opposite of that. 
It's your dependence day. Where you give up self-rule and you turn your life over to Jesus and it becomes all about him. See, maybe some of the reasons why you're not free here today is because you're still trying to run your life and you haven't given it over to Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this message today. We thank you for the power of it. We thank you that Jesus wants to set people free. That's why he came. We all know what freedom feels like. It feels like joy. It feels like peace. It feels like living the life that we were intended to live. And that's what Jesus wants to give us, is the life that God always intended us to live, a life surrendered to God, where God is at the center, enjoying him, enjoying his presence. Lord, I pray that you would set captives free this morning by the power of your word and by the power of your spirit. Thank you for what you've taught us from John 8 today. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. And let's